From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello, and uh, we here at the Wealth DNA Radio Show are honored that you're joining us today. Now whether you're on the U.S. West Coast sipping a cup of coffee in Arizona where I am, the East Coast thinking about lunch in Europe ending your workday, you're somewhere in between or you're listening to the archive of the show, I know you'll be glad you joined us for this hour. On the Wealth DNA Radio Show, we focus on the fundamentals of investing and providing great ideas for building your wealth. Today, we'll focus on the D in the Wealth DNA framework. In other words, getting over the first obstacle of becoming wealthy, desire. As we've discussed in prior shows, 50% of people will never become wealthy because they don't have the true desire to be wealthy. Now, the other half will at least make the decision to become wealthy and end up wealthy, or they'll be stopped by the other two obstacles. Unfortunately, the numbers are against them. You see, the N and the A in wealth DNA stop nearly as many people as the D. So if you're a new listener to the show, you now know what the first obstacle is, desire. Specifically, making the decision to become wealthy, being determined to do what it takes and being dedicated to that goal. So I guess I should encourage you to go back to the archive, listen to the shows on the Wealth DNA Framework, and specifically the D words I just mentioned, you heard several. You'll find them to be great compliments to today's show. Our guest is someone who learned the importance of having the right mindset and changed his life once he changed his mindset. But, of course, he'll join us shortly to share this story in person. There's nothing better than hearing it firsthand, and I'm sure at the end of this you'll want to share his story with your friends and family, and you can send them the link to this show so they can hear it again firsthand. Our topic today is nutrition for the mind. Regular listeners know that I like to start each show by sharing a quote to set the tone for the show's topic, but today I'll mix it up a little which is a key plateau-busting technique I've been learning about lately. So I'll share or maybe remind you of a well-known story, a true story, about training elephants. Are you ready? When animal trainers, especially those for a circus or in countries where elephants are used as beasts of burden in logging, farming, or transportation, want to train their animals, they start at a very early age. Once the elephants are weaned from their mother, a chain is cuffed to their ankle, and that chain is attached to a post in the ground. Now, even though they're fairly big animals by our standards, they're still fairly wobbly and weak, so that chain and post will keep them confined to a circle. So, no matter how much they tug and pull or try to run away, they can't. Now, once they've acclimated to this cuff and chain as a restraint, the training can begin. Now, as you and I know, elephants grow to be very large, powerful beasts that I wouldn't want to be trying to hold back with a little post and chain. They can rip the tree out with the roots, but that little post and chain would hardly hold them back if they just started to walk away. But each time their keeper puts that cuff and chain back on, the elephants stay calmly in that circle, just like they did when they were small. Now, this story is often used as an analogy for memory, but I'd rather you think of it as an elephant's mindset. You see, they were convinced that the chain and post would restrain them despite their best attempts to escape. And later, they never challenge that initial mindset. Keep in mind, elephants have a disadvantage. They don't have access to the Wealth DNA radio show, nor to the information you'll hear from our guest today. Now, today is, of course, January, I'm sorry, let's try that again, February 9th, 2015. It's hard to believe January is gone. It is 9.04 a.m. in Arizona, 11.04 a.m. on the U.S. East Coast. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. The show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. In Arizona. Now, if you didn't receive a reminder of the show, you should connect with us on Twitter or Facebook where we post reminders. Just connect with The Ronald, put together as a single word. 
We'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share this information with you. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show like the prior ones on the Wealth DNA Framework, and specifically the D words I mentioned earlier, you can find them on the archives. Just go to wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, we welcome your questions and comments during the show. I recommend using the chat window below the radio player. That's the easiest way. Uh, You can just type in a message there, or you can call in. Our producer will share that question or comment with us. That call in number, 917-388-4162, which is also shown at the top of the Internet screen. Now, since our last show, the U.S. equity markets have repeated the pattern we've seen all year, moving up and down and then returning to where they started. So if you paid no attention to stock prices since year-end, they're just about where they were then and where they were at the time of our last show. Maybe we should take credit for stabilizing the market. Now, the U.S. equity markets are off to a negative start today. Asia was mixed, and when I say mixed, it was really odd. Uh, Japan was up slightly, China down quite a bit. Europe looks like it will close down, with Germany down maybe over 2%. And Brazil is up. Mexico, strangely enough, is up over 2%. Haven't had a chance to check the news, but obviously a lot of volatility around the world. Now, our special guest to discuss nutrition for the mind is Kieran Sweeney. He's a truly international speaker, business coach, digital entrepreneur, and author. See, he wrote Life's Golden Buckets, which we'll talk about today, and is working on his next book, The Five Agreements with Yourself, an entrepreneur's wealth plan to buy your life back. So all of you entrepreneurs, stay tuned for that upcoming book. I'm sure he's someone you'll want to get to know. Now let's give a warm radio welcome to Kieran Sweeney. Welcome, Kieran, and thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Ron. Thank you for having me. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. A bright, sunny day here, and I shouldn't say that because our folks on the east coast of uh, Canada and the U.S. are probably not so happy, and uh, if they are getting sunshine, it's probably beating off some white surfaces. So I guess I'll just say I'm doing fine. Now, I gave a brief overview of your background. How do you introduce yourself at a cocktail party? In many ways. <laughs> I think <laughs> okay. um, when people ask me, you know, when you get the question, so what do you do? Um, I usually start off, I mean, these days I start off by saying, well, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, in your business, how would you like to position yourself in front of millions of people uh, where people can actually find you versus you looking for clients all the time. And they answer, of course, well, yeah, that would be great. And so then I say, well, that's exactly what I do. I actually train you to position you on the Internet so that people are actually finding you versus you hunting for them. But going deeper into my background, I mean, that's more on the digital entrepreneur and the, the mag creators company, but going into my background, I'm an international speaker. I speak on mindset training, mindset mastery, and I have a suite of courses that work on the, you know, the personal empowerment area, dealing with mindset, mindset and money, mindset and relationships. I even work with athletes. And uh, then I also teach a lot of business courses. And in the last two years, I've transitioned into creating my own online courses and also teaching them as well. Mm, okay. I, I think that's a you know, pretty good overview and i like the idea of asking somebody a question rather than just answering them i i, that, I think that's a, a good tip there for folks now, i mentioned that's part of my business training well i, I was <laughs> going to say i think that there already it kind of gives us an idea of, of the way you approach things and a little bit different and um helps mix things up and it might be an idea people can take advantage of right away and I mentioned the show announcement. You're a truly international speaker. I didn't say just international speaker. Where are you calling us in today from? Well, today I'm actually um, at home. I'm in Vancouver, Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, I have two homes. I have one in Kelowna, which is in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. It's actually the wine region of Canada. But mm-hmm. I also have a place in Vancouver and because uh, I come over here a lot to do business and. But generally, uh, half the year, I'm pretty much traveling somewhere. So South Af- I'll be back in South Africa in May and uh, Australia and Asia, and I'm heading over to uh, Europe in a couple of weeks as well. Wow. 
And from your background and what you just mentioned, uh, it seems like you've spoken on almost every continent other than Antarctica, correct? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think the penguins could use some help, too. <laughs> well, that's true, and we're talking about the animal penguins as opposed to any any teams uh, with that uh, with that moniker. Uh, but I can assume uh, you don't have any plans for seminars in Antarctica. You'll stick with the current uh, continent mix, correct? I don't know. I'd like to see those penguins all lined up on an ice bank and just, uh, you know, after what Disney did with all the penguins, I think I could do a motivational show on how to motivate penguins. There you go. I like it. Now, since you're still far from being in your 80s, uh, statistics that seem to belong in kind of Ripley's Believe It or Not is you've already trained over half a million entrepreneurs. So in addition to very large speaking audience, I assume you're doing a lot of your training work via the Internet. It's about half the people. It's about uh, live. I've trained about 250,000 people, and you know, and, and that's because there's been audiences of anywhere from 500 to 7,000. And you know, when you do that over you know eight years, it 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 adds up. So about you know live 250,000, and then over the internet another 250,000, and that's only happened in the last couple of years. So. It, you know the power of the internet and the reach we have uh, it's wonderful and it allows me to uh, reach people who are looking for this type of training to, to help them in life in success and they can simply log into my online work and, and watch it at their leisure so it's pretty pretty powerful what we can do these days yeah without the cost of travel and without having to put up the hassles at the airport that's for sure uh, but can you imagine what life would be like today if uh, U.S. Vice President Al Gore had not invented the Internet? <laughs> hard hard to imagine. They, uh, many thanks to Al Gore. Who, is he still who, taking least, credit for that? I, I, at least uh, <laughs> I have not heard him uh, dispel that in any way, shape, or form, so I think he's still taking credit. Now, before well, we he, dig he in... He brought ARPANET to Internet, so... Um, uh, that was he, his contribution. I think he... Yeah, I think he 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 actually did make a major contribution because it it, it was the commercialization of ARPANET was really what his his uh, claim to fame is. Oh, okay, all right. So so we we shouldn't pick on him so much, but so there is a little bit. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that. But that's that's good tip. Appreciate that. And now before we dig dig into specifics, uh, would you share with our listeners how they'd contact you, learn more about nutrition for the mind, and uh, about you? It's your you know your your work. Yeah, well, I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. So um, I, I have a domain called Nutrition for the Mind, and it's actually mm-hmm. a web show that has over a hundred uh, videos com- comprising six different courses. So uh, Nutrition for the Mind, and you know, we use Nutrition for the Mind because it's about you know putting good thoughts, putting good uh, things into the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and also KieronSweeney.com is my website for my speaking career. And then I also have a website called Mag Creators, M-A-G Creators, and that's my uh, digital magazine, online publishing, and I teach people how to create, publish, and monetize a digital magazine and upload it to Apple Newsstand, Google Play, and Amazon Kindle. Hmm. Okay. And just on the Nutrition of the Mind, that is a .com site as well. They're all .com, yeah. Okay, and Kieran Sweeney, uh, rather than me spelling it, you go ahead and spell it. It is in our invitations and all, but if somebody listened to the show and had not seen some of the text, why don't you go ahead and spell that for us? Sure, it's K-I-E-R-O-N-S-W-E-E-N-E-Y. So I often get people to think, you know, Kieran is I before E, so I before E except after C, like we learned in school. And then Sweeney, just remember, just remember Sweeney Todd, and then you're good to go. Good. All right. Good. It is important to make sure we get the spelling right with with uh, websites. Otherwise, you know, they'll find you on the internet because uh, Google will correct it. But when you're trying to find a website, website a little bit tougher. But also, if you type in pretty close to that on the web on on uh, Google or Bing or Yahoo, we'll give them all a fair share here. Uh, when I first heard this phrase, uh, nutrition for the mind, I immediately thought of uh, food for thought and then realized they're a little bit different. Share with our listeners what you mean when you talk about nutrition for the mind. Well, I came up with the concept. Um, originally, when I launched the show, uh, the, the online web show, it was called Kieran TV. And I did that because 
you know, I had a large following and a lot of people knew me from being a, a speaker and a trainer. And But then when I wanted to go out into a broader reach, I wanted to come up with a different name. And it just suddenly popped into my head one day. I was working out and I was doing, I was in the gym and I was thinking about nutrition and how it's important to, you know, if we're going to live longer, we have to keep sure. putting really good food in our body and we, we have to work out to be healthy. And then suddenly I just thought, well, yeah, well, what about the mind? And that's what I teach and nutrition for the mind. So the name just came to me. And I, I liked it, and uh, so I you know, changed the domain name to Nutrition for the Mind. I got the trademark, and uh, now I'm, you know, that's my branding for my online shows. And I'm now, I'm shortly launching a uh, an interactive digital magazine called Nutrition for the Mind as well. Okay. All right. And it's a good, good example where doing something different than what you've been doing. If you'd been set, sitting there for three days straight trying to come up with a name, uh, that name may never have come to you, whereas if you were doing something totally different, uh, clear the brain out a little bit, kind of mixing it up, as I was referring to earlier, uh, that's that's when the creativity tends to happen. But you yeah. also touched on something very important. I don't want to minimize because, of course, our show talks about the wealth piece, but you just touched on a piece that applies to our health as well. Uh, it is important, and, and people that want to be wealthy, uh, if they end up dying prematurely because they're not eating right, uh, there is so much these days to learn about You know what is the right nutrition, and there is such a thing as the fountain of youth that just happening called vegetables and berries. So I think you touched on that. I, I, let's accent it. I mean, it is important working out uh which which i do regularly and it sounds like you do and and uh, eating right are just so important to a to a long and and uh, fruitful life well it is and you know successful people um achieve success for various reasons and you know today more than ever i believe a lot of successful people are focusing back on their health like one of my colleagues uh he's a trainer as well in vancouver and he's just uh released 32 pounds and he's got another 10 to go and you know it was just a, it was a decision and he just said we were talking right. last night because we were at a dinner and he said you know it's just all how you think right i might think exactly but it's a mindset when you want to do something and you're committed to the goal you will do it and that's the thing which it's it's a decision that you make that you're going to do it so whether it's losing weight improving your relationship um in working on your your wealth and your financial freedom it's just a decision to do certain things in a certain way and be disciplined about it and when it comes to money which we'll get into it's mm-hmm. discipline and and it's habit everything's habit and you know we all function from habit and it's just if you're not in the habit of doing something properly you have to get into the habit of doing it properly so if you're not in the habit of staying in shape you just have to push yourself to get into the habit of doing something uh with your body and with the mind, it's, you know, the whole purpose of nutrition for the mind is spend 20 minutes a day nurturing the mind, feeding the mind with the right thoughts, the right power, the right information, and it'll carry you through the day. I mean, just imagine when you get up and, and work out, you feel great for the day. If you don't work out, you're probably going to be a little bit more sluggish. You're going to have a different kind of day energetically. So when you feed your mind every day with positive information, empowerment, do your affirmations, declarations, whatever you do. Listen, just—I mean, just go onto YouTube and listen to some good, empowering information, and it—it just—it sits with you in the subconscious mind all day, and it helps carry you and it keeps you in a positive framework. Okay, so you're really talking about the power of the mind to affect our future. What we allow to be fed into our subconscious and, and uh, conscious mind is extremely important. Am I right? Hundred percent. Now, you may have noticed the subtle tip. I'm hoping you noticed the subtle tip I interjected. What we allow to be fed in our mind. Would you agree with me that no one can make us angry, frustrated, or happy, that we have to decide to let them do that? Exactly. Here's how I illustrate this. Mm -hmm. Um, Good. There's actually a video on the Internet of, of me illustrating this, but Bob Proctor taught me this. Bob Proctor was one of my early mentors and coaches. And, you know, he used to draw a circle and a little stick man. And at the mm-hmm. top of the circle, he'd draw a, a, a line across the equator of, of the circle. And the top would be the conscious mind. The bottom is the subconscious mind. And the conscious mind is open to all thoughts. So anything that 
comes to you, any thought that comes to you goes into the conscious mind, and that's what we also call the conditioned mind. And then we allow it to go into the subconscious mind, which is the deeper part of the conditioned mind. Now, if you look at the line that he drew in the middle, he called that a filter, and that, that's the filter where we make a decision, a choice to decide what we're going to allow into the subconscious mind. So a lot, of, a lot of my colleagues, when we teach this material, like, you know, when Bob teaches it, when Jack Canfield teaches it, when Tony Robbins mm-hmm. teaches it, you know, we're all talking about the fact that it's just you decide what goes in there. And we're bombarded with negativity all day long. I don't know how it happened, Ron, but somewhere along the evolution of men and women, we decided, you know, negativity seemed far more interesting than positivity. Right. The truth is a lot more positive stuff is happening in the world every day than negative. It's just that, you know, unfortunately, through the power of media and through the power of of people taking on that negativity, they've decided that, you know, they, they've become accustomed to it. So, but we can change it at any time and we can change our thoughts. We can change our habits. We can change anything at any time by just imagine you've got a filter and every time a negative thought comes up, you just say, stop, release it and just uh, reinsert an empowering thought and watch what happens to your life. For some people, it sounds a little woo woo, but no, it's you know, if you look at the brain and the mind and the way it's constructed, it's it's it's. Think of the brain as it's software in in the hardware, and mm-hmm. you just program the software. All right, I like that choice piece. Well, I'll admit, I I found it much harder when when that somebody that's uh, feeding this to us is our spouse. Uh, that gets a little bit more difficult to filter. So, uh, my my personal <laughs> side comment, but uh, I, I I agree. I like that analogy, and uh, Bob Proctor may be one of those guys uh, to get on. And I, I've been thinking about getting some of the authors of, or the the people that are in in the uh, the secret movie. Uh, Bob Proctor being one of those. To, uh, to get some of these concepts across, but they really are powerful. But let me remind our listeners, you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. If you missed some of the prior shows, like the ones on the Wealth DNA Framework, you might want to re-listen to them. We maintain an archive of shows on wealthdna.us. You'll get an email reminder of the show. Send an email to me is another way. Ron at WealthDNA.us will keep you posted about future shows and events. Or, of course, you can follow The Ronald on Twitter or Facebook. Ronald, all one word. Now, during the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to ask questions. There's a chat window below the radio player. And on top of that, you can call in 917-388-4162. That number, since I say it quickly, is at the top of the screen as well. Our topic today is Nutrition of the Mind. We're discussing with Kieran Sweeney, a truly international speaker, business coach, digital entrepreneur, and author. He wrote Life's Golden Buckets, which we'll be talking about in this next segment. Kieran, I don't know if you've had a chance to read Dr. Wayne Dyer's recent books, Excuses Be Gone and I See Clearly Now. In them, he shares some of the fascinating research and accounts of how the mind can not only alter what we think and how we uh, progress, if you will, mentally, but our genetic DNA as well. I mean, far beyond the placebo effect most of us were familiar with and, and fascinating accounts. So I don't know if you've had a chance to read those books or not. I haven't, but I'm a big fan of uh, Wayne Dyer. But you know, just when you mention them, I absolutely i I understand what he's writing about because the, I understand the material and, and I'm familiar with his work. So uh, there are no excuses. We create excuses, and if it, it's a choice again, you know, do I do I create excuse or do I just you know move through life? There are no excuses, and I just get things done. Yeah, very, I, I agree with you 100%. Our staff has this ambitious project today. I try to get him on the show this year, and I'm trying to set up a uh, chance to meet him while I'm in uh, Maui in a few months uh, so that hopefully that will happen. But uh, he, he really has a powerful message, a very calm way to get that across. Uh, and uh, he's, his own personal life, he's been uh, you know, a testament to a lot of these things. So that's, that's always helpful when somebody doesn't talk about just you know theory. He talks about what's happened to him. But speaking of yeah, books, and he, he's a wonderful man too. So I no, uh, I ran no, into no, no, no. I ran into him in Maui once. I was staying in a hotel right next to the condo he lives in, and 
It just, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of funny. I've, I've, several times in my life, I, I knew I was within proximity of certain people, and uh, like Glenn Fry from the Eagles, uh, I stayed at a place <laughs> in, in Kauai, and I, he was next door. And so I put thought out there that there you go. I'm going to run into this guy. And you know what? It happened in both times. So uh, wonderful guy. Lovely man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so, and he will he will confirm there are no coincidences. So it's it's what we plan on. And you wrote the book, Life's Golden Buckets. Give us an overview of who your target audience is for that book. Well, ultimately, where we're going with this is for, uh, the youth. Um, one of the reasons I wrote it is because you know, in my when I was thirty one, uh, I found myself after making uh, a half a million dollars the year before and a half a million dollars the year prior to that in revenue from my very first business, I found myself uh, broke, uh, couldn't pay my rent, and basically had to move back home with my mom and dad at the age of 31. Wow. It was pretty hard to get it. It was pretty hard to get a date wrong. And, you know, it was, that was my bottom. And, you know, that was my bottom. And it was like, I had a bad habit. My habit was spending. And and I just got into this habit as a young child. And the reason I got into the habit as a young child is because my parents didn't have a lot of money. So I remember as a kid saying, hey, I'd love, can I, Dad, can I borrow a dollar? Can I have $2? And he says, no, sorry, we can't afford it. And my parents both worked, and, but they just had enough money to get the end of the month. And they, But they were also good at managing the money, and they were great savers, and they were very thrifty. So... So, and in the end, it served them really well. They're both still alive mm-hmm. today, retired, living a great life. And they travel, they play golf, and, you know, they're both in their 80s. So great. they have a great life. But I wanted things. I wanted to buy stuff. And and so I went out at the age of 11, and I got a paper out. And I started making about 12 bucks every two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And And because I had money, I just spent it. And I had no formal training of how to save money. And I remember my parents saying, you should save, you should invest, you know, one day you should get real estate, blah, blah, blah. And I just never took on the habit. So so I liked making money, so I had this paper route, so I thought, well, how can I make more money? Oh, I have an idea. I'll just go buy some more paper routes. So I ended up with five paper routes. I actually had the largest paper route in the city of Toronto. I used to get all my friends to help me deliver the papers. My dad would, uh, we'd load all the papers in the back of my dad's uh, car and, you know, in the winter, we'd grab onto the back and bumper hitch and just slide along. And it just became this fun thing. So all my friends were doing it, and I would buy them ice cream and things to thank them. And But I had all this money. And I was very popular because I had the money because, hey, girl, I've got money. So I just got into the bad habit. I'll buy you that. Oh, I'll buy you that. And I didn't realize what was happening, but I was creating a behavior pattern that I took into my adult life. And by the time I was 30, I was making really good money. And I was buying Armani suits. I was living in fancy uh, condos. I was taking lavish trips. And I would just I just thought the money would never end. And then finally in, in 1991, we hit a recession, and boom, that's when it all fell apart. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't ready. So uh, I read a book. My mom gave me a book uh, called uh, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. And I read oh, it. Yes. And the whole theory, yeah, the whole theory of, of putting 10% away came and then I met Bob Proctor, and he taught it to me as well. So what I did is I started dividing the money up into, into um, different accounts, if you will. And, and this is where the discipline comes in, just like working out. If you take a certain percentage of money and put it into certain accounts, you know, let's just use the word religiously, but in a disciplined fashion, and you commit to the system, you will be fine, and you will – you can actually, if you start this early enough in life, you will. Everyone would be a millionaire. And the reason I said I want to teach it to youth is because we have the ability. It doesn't matter if you're a businessman or you just have a job, uh, even if you're an electrician or even a mailman. You can become wealthy if you follow a disciplined plan early enough in life. And that's what we're not taught in the education system. So part of my goal is, and with the power of the Internet, is, is um, I'm, I'm going to be starting an online school for young people to empower them with this thinking and also to empower them with uh, proper ways to manage your money. So life's golden bucket, the bucket is a bank account, 
and each each account set up differently. And in the book, I teach you how to uh, you know how to manage the money so you have enough to spend, enough to live, enough to have fun, and still do the things you want to do, but maybe not as much. And but the most important bucket is the investment bucket. And you start with 10% and you make a goal that you're going to build it up to 15 and 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's and really money the, grows. The, exactly. So the key concept that, that the reader will ultimately learn from the book is a, a discipline for managing money. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yes. Okay. And today, today I have a lot of wealth, but I don't spend like I did a long time ago and and I'm very careful with it and you know Ron somebody said to me the other day and this is a true story I was walking down the street and uh, you know, I hang out with some some colleagues and they drive fancy cars because they like to show off their wealth and I, I have a uh, I have a 2008 um, BMW 335i Cabriolet that's that's my car and it's a 2008 and the guy says so if you're so wealthy, why do you drive a 2008 car? And I just looked at him and I said, because it still works. Right. Right. And does his car earn more uh, after tax than yours does? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's look, if it's all about show, it's not going to do anything for you, right? And right. it's 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 a car, you know. And you know, and, it, and honestly, my car still looks great. I mean, it, it it's in great shape, but it's fine. I also, you know, my son and I also, uh, as an investment, bought a '68 Mustang because we found a sweet deal <laughs> on it. And you know, it's also something that we can work on together. Right. And Good and project. then we had, you know, I have a pickup truck for pulling all the yardic stuff, taking it to the dump, but. But I don't need the fancy stuff. And did I build? Did I big? Did I build the big house? Yes, I did. I did that as well. But honestly, I look back and think, you know what? I, I I didn't really need that. I didn't need that, and I could have done it differently. So, I guess it's just we have to decide what's enough. And um, I'd rather have five million growing in investments than a bunch of cars that are just devaluing. Okay. Let's go back to your childhood. You mentioned your parents were good at saving, and that was one of their big attributes, which has obviously gotten them to a, a comfortable life now. Uh, but they didn't teach you that. So they, they tried to model it and talked about it, but they somehow didn't kind of get it to sink in. How about your schools? Did they share, I mean, your teachers and, and, and the, the courses you took in school, and any of them point you in the right direction to, to what's now covered in your book? No, I grew up in the Catholic system, so money was bad. Money was Correct. evil. Yeah, I mean, I got all of those, um, you know, conditioning, uh, mental conditioning files downloaded into me from my influencers, my parents, my teachers, mm-hmm. um, religious authorities. So these, and, and this is what happens to a lot of us: is we get these beliefs in our mind, and we're not necessarily aware of them, but they're they're like recordings that are running in the subconscious mind, and they do affect your behavior around money. So for me, it was like money is 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 money is meant to be spent. That's all I knew. Uh, even though my parents were great savers, mm-hmm. I wanted things. I I had a need to. Fill. And here's the other thing, Ron. Everything is driven by emotion. So for me, there was an emotional need to have money versus an emotional need to save it and. And I, I I just always believed I got good at selling at a young age, mm-hmm. so I just thought it, it'll never end. Right. But I didn't understand how the economy could take you out pretty fast. And in 2009, I was safe. You had and learned everyone less. else, yeah, learned the lesson. And you know, um, and also, you know, even though I've had successful businesses, at times you. You know, I've had some interruptions and things happen and things go wrong, and you know, uh, I'm not perfect. So I made a, a decision in 2011 that ended up costing me $750,000, and you know, I still had the backstop, and it was uh, it didn't take me out. So, so it's important that we understand that as we go through life, there's possibly ups and downs. Businesses might fail. Uh, you might go through a, a divorce or or something mm-hmm. that could happen. The economy could fail. We don't know what's going to happen. And unfortunately, right. we can't control the greater economy, but we can control our own economy. And when you focus on controlling your personal economy versus being always 
vulnerable to the greater economy, you're going to be a lot safer. Okay. Now, the reason I had to ask you about the teachers and, and, and your parents is none of our guests in our in our recent shows on uh, financial literacy, uh, nor did I learn our personal finance lessons for those from those sources. We, in essence, had to learn it ourselves. The the mindset in your example is a great one of of, of the Catholic school system, where your, your mentality is, you know, the rich man and the the eye of the camel and all of those things. That that in essence, mm-hmm. these are negative messages that have been stuck in your subconscious that you allowed to go in. There. And they, well, you just believed your your teachers, and they were holding you back rather than actually helping you. Yeah, they were, but and it's not about blaming them. It's about no, that's all they that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, that's all they knew. Point. I mean, one, one of the reasons we point. don't teach financial literacy in the school system is because our teachers aren't taught financial literacy. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, let me make a big assumption. Uh, you didn't write that book when you were 18 years old, uh, and you had, and you even alluded to the fact, you had different money habits. Um, am I correct on, on, on both of those? When, when you were you know, 18 or 20, you, you didn't have any of the ideas in that book in your, in your mind at all? No, not not even close. <laughs> Money was okay. to be spent. <laughs> now, I think you touched on it, but generally, I find that there are these kairos moments in our lives, and it's not just one that they're so they become a major turning point. They're usually triggered by something that seemed very minor. It might have been a small event, a, a person, a comment, or a question. Uh, was it one of that those kairos moments? Was it moving back with your parents? Was it a big loss that led to your change in the financial habits? Yeah, it was a turning point in my life, and I knew I had to make some changes. And, and one of the reasons I sought um, assistance is because I knew that I was good at making it, but I was really good at losing it, too. So I just didn't know what I was doing. I had no formal investment experience. I had no training. So I actually went out and took the securities course to learn how to invest. And then I started to uh, hang around with uh, wealthy people and I started to follow Warren Buffett, and I started to invest in, in whatever he invested in. And it just worked. So I figured, you know, all I have to do is model what rich and successful people do versus, you know, the people who I grew up with. So, so and I, I met a mentor, a multimillionaire real estate investor in Toronto, and he became my mentor. And he actually became one of my investors to help me get my business going. So, you know, just by associating with those types of people, I started to take on and model their behavior. And, you know, my mentor, Doug, and, you know, just whenever we went out for dinner, you know, he'd sit there. I mean, this guy had 30 million bucks, and he's sitting there going, they're charging $7.95 for that? And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, he became frugal. And you know what? I became frugal. Because I modeled him, and today I'm I'm, I'm much more frugal. I'm much tighter. Uh, I don't waste. I don't need to. I mean, I like to have, you know, I like to have, you know, nice getaways and nice trips, and I like to do nice things. And I believe that's important. But you you, you don't have to just blow all your money on on good times all the time. And uh, you know, it's important to me too that my kids. I have four children, and I want them to um, be great money managers and I want them, I don't want them to feel that life is all about, you know, going to nice places all the time and spending it. Well, well, well said. And and I do want to kind of remind people of your, your earlier tip that uh, one of the books that got you uh, onto the right track with the richest men in Babylon, I often suggest that kind of the number one book uh, that our listeners and, 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 and kids uh, read. Uh, and you can actually get an audio book, so in half an hour you can listen to it while you're driving in the car. So it is just a, a great story done in a story format that, that gets the message across. And uh, so i you know glad you had mentioned it as well so that I'm not the only one telling them that message. And, and that wasn't cued. I can assure them that your your statement was something I didn't know about, that you would have mentioned that book. Now, how did... That changed your life. You, you you talked about okay. You started to become a little more frugal, but you know you, you read the book. You started to model what others were doing. You started hanging around. In other words, you changed your friends to some extent. 
which is sometimes hard to initiate, but again, it's part of that decision to uh, to be uh, uh, to be wealthy. That uh, the desire and the decision, the dedication to doing it, you're willing to give up some of the some of the past to move to the future. Uh, what did you see change in your life? Uh, was it your income went up, or is it all of a sudden you started to have savings uh, that your wealth started to grow, even though you were doing everything else pretty much the same? And how, how you know, kind of give us a, a, a model of your life before you you brought in a lot but spent a lot and then after you went through a lot of these changes how did did it look uh, you know five years later well it actually took eight years to get from broke to millionaire status so um so i mean it changed in in here's the here's the interesting thing nothing really changed other than i just didn't do or have as much or go to as many places or live the life I was living uh, than I was eight years prior. And it, it and I, I was happier and I just, you know, felt, I, I mean, obviously having more security makes you feel better. So I just felt that I felt stronger, more empowered when I had wealth versus, you know, even though money's coming in, mm-hmm. if there's nothing in in the in the vault then you're vulnerable and you know it and so you know that i guess that's where the word security comes in it just gives you a feeling of security and you know and today you know i've got lots of different investments and and you know like i have an investment in one business that's been you know i invested in it like seven or eight years ago and i'm still waiting to get a return on it but it's going to happen and uh it's you know the that business has gone through some ups and downs and transitions but it's going to happen and you know um there's other investments out there that are you know a little bit more on the risk side but i'm also you know i'm also a believer in silver and gold and i have a lot in silver and gold now and i also have a lot in in i'm also a big believer in index funds so so you know today i'm just Feel I guess I just feel a little bit more secure, and I, I like how I manage. It's fun managing money versus chasing it all the time. You're not living on a one-legged stool anymore. You've got uh, five or six or seven <laughs> legs under that stool, and I think that's the uh, important thing you're getting at. I like that. That's why I guess we, why we call it a security. But before we continue, in case uh, you just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth Now Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to the earlier portion on the archive, or if you missed prior shows, that archive is on wealthdna.us. Today, our guest is Kiran Sweeney. He is an author, international speaker, business coach, and digital entrepreneur. Our topic today is nutrition for the mind. If you just tuned in, be sure to go back to the beginning of the show so that you'll know what we talked about earlier. Same link will take you there. Our producers really make it easy for you. Now, Kiran, uh, I've got the million-dollar question for you. You teach people how to create a mindset for prosperity. What is it you teach them, and how do you teach them uh, to to set that mindset? Well, there's actually 17 steps to doing it, so it's, okay. it's not really it's not really a question to be answered that quickly. But there's sure. there's a process, and there's techniques that need to be learned. But you know, there's two things I w- I'd like to say in response to that question, Ron. The first mm-hmm. one is it doesn't matter how old you are. You can, okay. and if you're if you're if you're 40 and broke, you can be 50 and wealthy. If you're 50 and broke, you can be 60 and and wealthy. You, you just have to make the decision you're going to do it. And you know what? Sometimes you have to make hard choices in life. And I teach this a lot, and, and this is very hard for a lot of people to grasp because we're used to a certain lifestyle. But sometimes you have to get rid of the lifestyle you're currently living or, or whatever it is you're doing and, and make some changes and, and believe that in 10 years you, you're going to be financially free. And you will be if you follow life's golden bucket system and, and if you just change. The, the biggest thing is simplifying the life. Simplify mm-hmm. the life so that you're living, you're not living with all you want, you live with what you need. And when you do that, you'll be totally fine. And um, and then 
believing is the big thing. So it's believing I will have that. And your belief system is very powerful. Your belief system, it's like we taught the story of the elephants at the beginning. The mm-hmm. belief system is so powerful that it will, it will create ultimately what your life will be. Everything, everything that's happening in your life right now is a result of your thoughts and your belief system. And you can blame the economy, you can blame another person, you can blame your spouse, you can blame whoever you want, but it's not them, it's you, and it's all based on how you think and your your habits. So what I teach in Nutrition for the Mind is changing your belief system at the core, really working on, on repatterning your thoughts, repatterning everything that's going on in the subconscious mind, and watch what happens. Things will change very quickly because you're making the choice to make the change. Well, here's a great analogy. Your your mindset is so critical it can even stop an elephant. Yeah. (laughs) Great. I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's exactly what we're talking about. But now you're you're starting a new mission to educate young people on good management uh, habits, and you talked about the the importance of of starting early. Tell us about this initiative, how you plan to go about it, what, what you're doing. Well, it's funny. I, I was I was talking with a friend on the weekend about this, and mm-hmm. um, she's a lady that wants to also work with uh, children and, and empower them in a young way to be educated differently. And we were talking about the fact that we we really need to empower young people on how to manage money properly. And the, the, we can't do it with the, the existing school system because the, the process of, of creating change within the bureaucracy, the huge bureaucracy, is it, it, daunting. So it's it's about putting it out there so that it's, it's kind of like after school stuff or alternative schools, or doing it on the internet and, and getting people aware of our presence on the internet, which is likely how I'm going to move forward. And I see I see the 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 online academy for young people where we, we can teach them different ways of thinking. We can teach them money, proper money management skills. So I just want young people to understand that if they follow this system, it will work. Now, you know, I, I also have to consider when I was 10, I didn't really think about managing my money. But let's, let's use this analogy. Mm-hmm. And it's, in the, it's in the book, Life's Golden Bucket. If I'm put on an island and I'm told that I'm going to be sent money every two weeks. And every two weeks, I'm going to receive a certain amount of money. (laughs) And I have to take that money, and in order to survive and get through life um, and and be fruitful on this island, I have to put a certain amount of money in each tree. So let's imagine there's five Mm -hmm. trees. Each tree represents a different way I'm going to spend my money. But I have to take that money and divide it up and put it into the the trees or buckets in, in in this in the case, life's golden buckets. But, and if I don't do it, I'm going to be taken off the island. I'm going to lose everything I have on the island, which is freedom, paradise, everything I want, all the beautiful food, the animals. That's my golden island, and, and that's paradise. So, if I, but if I don't follow the habit, I'm going to lose all that. I'm going to be, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on some other barren island or somewhere else. So, so if I'm taught that, and I'm, that's my habit, and I have to live that way, and that's the only way you live. There's no other way to live but this way. Eventually, that'll just become a habit, and I will yeah. live that way. And it's even if I'm transitioned into, into you know, Los Angeles, I'm going to arrive in Los Angeles with the conditioning that this is how you live and manage your money. And so, so with young people, if we can get them into that system uh, and, and have them do it, on a regular basis, and they'll just grow up with that habit. Okay. And I do highly recommend you go take a look at our or listen to, to the portions of our shows on financial literacy and maybe touch base with each of our our guests in that series because I think all of them are doing some good things, and working together with them might be able to multiply it even further. So, uh you know, yeah, the one definitely. plus one is, is three. So, the, you know, great great people doing some good things, even trying to get some things done in the current school system. Uh, but uh, I was very, very impressed with all of their uh, their messages and the things they're trying to accomplish. And they are making some progress. It, as you said, it's a slow slog, but it's moving forward. Now, before today's show, you also mentioned that you'd like to get financial planners to embrace this system. Uh, what exactly do you want them to do, first of all? And more importantly, will they pursue 
perceive it as a benefit for their practice. Obviously, it's going to be a benefit for their clients, but, uh, you know, what is it you want them to do, and will they really see it as a benefit for their business? I get I get a very positive reception from financial planners about life's golden buckets, and what I encourage them to do is if any financial planner can write a forward, and I will print mm-hmm. them copies with their name on it as well so that they can give it to their clients as a marketing tool. And it's it's almost like, you know, you, you write the forward, you put your name on it along with mine, and you can utilize the book. Um, and what I say to them is, you know, when you go to meet with people in their home, you know, ra- rather than them feeling like you're trying to sell them something, people people want to feel that they're being educated, that they're getting some value. And what I encourage them to do is go in and just teach them something and give them some education and teach them the, you know, the life's golden bucket system or, you know, create your, create your own name for it or create your own system. But that's similar, but basically it's just how to put the money in certain, certain places to uh, increase your wealth, uh, eliminate your debt and just give them some education. And they say, now, if you follow this system, life's golden buckets, because 10% is going to go in the investment fund, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to get you set up properly so that your money is invested, so it is growing, and that we can get you when you're 50, 60 years old. You're not going to have to worry. Because, you know, Ron, the sad truth is that, you know, less less than 10% of people who get to retirement age are actually financially free. And that's really yeah. sad because it doesn't have to be that way. I agree. Agreed. I think both you and I are living examples of that, and it's not because we started out with a pile of money. Yeah. And, you know, there's two motivators uh, in life, pain and pleasure. And we have to decide, do we want to be motivated by pain where, oh, my God, I'm 40, 50 years old and I still am broke? Uh, you know, well, get fix it. Start, change the habits. And and you don't want to get to retirement age and you, you can't afford to pay your, your electricity bill. Uh, I mean, that that would be horrible. And so start now, change your habits and and also educate your young your 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 young people. And if there's any teachers listening, download the book and just teach it. And you know, the book is there for everybody. It's not it's not I don't own the concept. Uh it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a there's lots of other people teaching similar systems. But, you know, for me it's about getting the message out there and, and, and having as many people use it. I don't even charge for the book. It's free because I believe it's, 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 I believe that I was, everything that's happened in my life, I believe is part of a gift that was given to me so that I can go out and teach. I mean, we all know the term, you know, you teach what you need to learn most. Well, I needed to learn something. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's about disseminating information that's going to help people versus, you know, you know, charging them for it. Okay. Let's uh, since you're on that, the word free will perk up people's uh, ears a little bit. How do the, uh, our listeners get a copy of the book? Very easily. They just go to lifesgoldenbuckets.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So so life's with an s, uh, goldenbucketswithans.com. And they okay. can just uh, they they just uh, you just enter your name in the there's an email uh, box, just put it in. So we need an email address to send it to you. Sure. And then uh, you'll get an email from us. Just click on the link, and uh, it'll open up the book. And uh, it's in a flip book form, and uh, you can just enjoy it. Excellent. No, and we, we may talk a little bit more about uh, potentially doing something between the radio show and uh, and your book that you talked about, Financial Planners. So offline we'll talk a little bit about that. But I want to switch gears for just a, a minute still. We have a little bit of time. Uh, you started a new venture designed to help uh, people start a business and cre- create financial success in the process. Tell us about that company, What the you know how you go about that, what, uh, what types of people it might be able to help, et cetera. Well, yeah, I mean, being in the seminar business, um, you know, what I found is that in the industry, you, you know, you, you you create seminars, courses, and we sell them to people so they can learn whatever they want to learn, whether it's personal empowerment or business success training courses. Mm-hmm. And we generally then sell another seminar and then sell another seminar. And I started to become uncomfortable with that because I, I didn't want to be in the business of selling a seminar to sell a seminar to sell another right. seminar. 
And and I do see people spending thousands of dollars. I mean, I've seen people spend fifty thousand dollars on courses and coaching and and wipe out their investments. So I started to see the side of the business that I didn't really want to be part of anymore. So I said, okay, I'm going to create tools that are going to help people in business. So I created a platform called Mag Creators, and it, mm-hmm. it allows you to create. I, I teach you how to create, publish, and monetize an interactive digital magazine that you can upload to Apple Newsstand, Google Play, and Amazon Kindle. Now, for entrepreneurs and people who want to be uh, published, it it gives you a marketing tool that gives you credibility in your niche, and you can be perceived as a a trusted authority and expert. Anybody that's published has more credibility um, from that from the standpoint that they're published and they've got we we look at sure. books and articles and things as as giving someone notoriety and credibility. Also, if you don't have a business and you want to create a business, well, a digital magazine allows you to monetize your passion. So let's say you love pets, create a you know create a, a digital magazine uh, that around uh, in the niche of pets, and it could be like I saw a lady the other day promoting a posh. Um, um, posh clothing for animals. Um, mm-hmm. There's one of my publishers uh, is a triathlete. He publishes a triathlon magazine. Another one, another lady is a, an, an exiled Amish person. And she she uh, has seen this growing trend in the United States of people going to Amish furniture and Amish food because of its purity. And sure. so she created a, a magazine called Amish Fine Dining. So so you can you can use it as a vehicle to monetize your passion as well. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. That's magcreators.com? Magcreators.com, yeah. Perfect. Now, let's remind our listeners, uh, we just mentioned the Mag Creators, but how they contact you, learn more about you, especially the Nutrition for the Mind and Life's Gold and Buckeyes. Uh, that, uh, your, your main website, again, is? Kieronsweeney.com. Okay, and, and we did... We did spell it at the beginning of the show, so we're going to make people go back. We won't uh, won't take the time to have you spell your name again. Plus, it is in the, in our intros and all. But uh, at the beginning of the show, you did spell it in case they missed it. Now, we've covered a lot of aspects of nutrition of the mind and concept behind your book, um, and and I really appreciate the fact that you've echoed some of the things we've talked about. You know, we, the, the whole idea of the the desire and that decision to to be wealthy is one of the key ones. Uh, you talked about you talked about the um, uh, Richest Man in Babylon is a, is a great book that kind of got you uh, moving in the right direction and, and sometimes changing our habits and all of those. But what are some of the uh, concepts that we didn't talk about or maybe ones that you'd like to emphasize as well? Well, some of the things we haven't talked about, I mean, I've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there's probably a lot of things, but okay, mention a few. Here's, you know what I'd love to say is, is this, and, you know, again, um, my friend and I were discussing this on the weekend. It's it's about being heart-centered and doing what you love. Ron, you're doing you're doing this because you love it, and you mm-hmm. it's part of your purpose in life, and it's to empower and, and help people. You're not doing this to make money necessarily. You're not no. doing this to be, you know, hey, I've got a radio show. I, I I I just picking up from interacting with you. I can I know that you genuinely care about people. So it's about heart being heart centered and and whatever you do in life, do it because you you love to do it. You're passionate about it. It's absolutely at the at the cellular level. This is what you're meant to do in life. And don't be afraid to do it. Be be willing to have the courage to go out and do what you love and live your life. You've got a certain amount of time here. Do what you love. And if if you've been doing something else other than what you love, start doing it on a part-time basis. Pick it up as a hobby. You know, like I encourage musicians who went away from the music industry because it just didn't earn a good living – you can still do it. I mean, music is a beautiful energy. It's a healing energy, and it's it's just, you know, do it for you. I mean, I, I know a lawyer who's, you know, uh, he's a saxophonist, and he's in a jazz band, and he gets together with the guys. And I know a teacher who's a he's, – he's got this really alternative rock uh, uh, band, and, 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 like, he's 45 years old, and he's, uh, you know, he's like a throwback from the 70s, but he's mm-hmm. just out there doing what he loves in his part-time gig because that's that's what keeps your vibration up and and keeps you positive so do what you love to do and if you're not doing what you love to do find a way to transition into it 
And, and one of the reasons I teach, you know, uh, Life's Golden Buckets is because if you follow that system, it'll allow you to transition to what you want to do uh, as well in time. Okay. All right. And uh, obviously they're going to want to look a little bit uh, at your uh, website and trying to find a little bit more about how they work with you on those 17 steps uh, on the uh, process and the techniques for uh, uh, developing that mindset for prosperity. So I think uh, especially yeah. if they can find a way to do it in something they love doing and then set that right mindset, uh, they, they will be set for life. And I'm available to come speak at events if people want me to come to conferences or speak at events or even call into you know, groups and teleseminars. So, you know, okay. I do this a lot and uh, it's, uh, you know, part of my mission in life is just to empower and help people as well. I love it. Kiran, great. it was great having you on the show, and I hope you'll join us again, especially once your new book is launched. I, I suspect many of our listeners will be spending some time learning more about you and ordering copies of the book, and uh, I'd love to hear more about your, your future book. Uh, and The best is when it's launched, because then people can uh, have access to it as well. So really appreciate your being here. Yeah, look forward to it. Well, thank you. I All appreciate right. the invitation. Oh, our, our pleasure. Well, I sure hope today's show with Kiran Sweeney helped you to see that uh, some of the lessons we learned when we were young are actually holding us back, just like elephants. Recognizing that is half of the problem, or half of the solution, I should say. Because you see, once you recognize those negative messages that we've heard, uh, then we can start challenging them, break free of that little chain and peg holding us back. So your mindset is powerful enough to hold back an elephant, and maybe it's holding you back. Or maybe it's already helping you and you understand what we're talking about, but there are others that don't. You see, unlike those elephants, you're already taking advantage of the Wealth DNA radio show to help you keep learning and being exposed to wonderful resources like Kiran or Dr. Wayne Dyer, who we mentioned, or many other guests who have written about these concepts and work with you and help you along the path to accomplish more and to be all that you can be. Now, I certainly wouldn't want my or your epitaph to read so much potential that was never fully utilized. Make sure you take advantage of your skills, your habits, your uh, mindset to move in the right direction and help others as well. Now, if you know some people who have convinced themselves they can't be wealthy, I encourage you to help them by sharing the link to today's show and many others that you found helpful over time. And after reading Life's Golden Buckets, why not share it with others? Reading that book just might be the Kairos moment for them. It leads them to achieving the financial holy grail I mention often, income for life. Remember our mission to share the fundamentals investing and providing great ideas for building your wealth today is a great example. And you can help us meet our goal to help you and one million other people become millionaires. Now, if you missed uh, part of today's show, the link in the announcement will take you to the archive version. And of course, you always find the full list of past shows on thewealthdna.us. And I just realized my screensaver kicked in. That's not a good thing. So if the final chat comes in here, I won't see it. So let me get back on there. Can't think of my password while I'm uh, while I'm thinking here. Uh, so again, you'll find the the archive uh, on wealthdna.us. And I'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp, residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, for helping us put together this show. Incidentally, they're actively searching for additional houses in the Phoenix area, often paying a premium and sellers can avoid or at least reduce realtor commissions. Now, the next Wealth DNA radio show will be the fourth Monday of February, Monday, February 23rd, 9 a.m. Arizona time, same place, same time. Our guest for that show will be Professor David Nanigian with the American College. He'll be returning to talk about one of the most common investments, investment funds, and actually Curon touched on indexed funds a little bit. We'll be talking more about that, generally referred to as mutual funds in the U.S., now, it's actually surprising we haven't covered investment funds in the four years since we started this show. We also have the lineup of guests and topics on WealthDNA.us, and there you'll find that archive of past shows. Now, if you have some comments or questions, you haven't received my emails, you didn't write down the websites quickly enough as you were listening as to how to get a copy of the book, just send an email to me, ron at WealthDNA.us, or follow the Ronald facebook or twitter we'll keep you posted about future shows and events happy investing and improving your financial mindset
You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 